We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies edtech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com slash B-E. Welcome to Transformative Principle, where you learn how to be a leader and not just a manager of a to-do list. I am your host, Jethro Jones. You can find me on Twitter at Jethro Jones. Your to-do list is a hungry monster that is never satisfied. For the last year and a half, I've helped principals get awards, get promoted, and find the time to do the work that really matters. I recently opened a new mastermind slot. Schedule a call with me and let's overcome the stressed and isolated principal position together. Go to the show notes for this episode at transformativeprincipal.org and click schedule a call with Jethro. Hey, welcome to this special episode of Transformative Principal. Last week, I sent out a message to my email list saying that if anybody needed to talk or get support through this coronavirus crisis, that I'd offer a free hour of consulting. And so Natalie, uh, who you're going to hear in just a moment, took me up on that. And it was a great conversation that I wanted to share with you just because this is the kind of stuff that needs to happen for us all to be successful. So I hope that uh, if you need some help, then you can reach out to me. If you want, you can certainly just send me a text. That might be the easiest way to do it. And my phone number is 801-252-6368. That's 801-252-6368. And if you're listening to this and you're like, you know, I'm not going to text him. Don't worry about it. Just send me a text. It's not a big deal. And uh, I'd love to help you out and, and be able to be there to support you. A lot of people are really struggling. The masterminds that I've been doing the last couple of weeks have been really interesting. Sometimes all we want to do is talk about the coronavirus. Other times we don't want to talk about it at all because we don't, we're kind of sick of talking about it and there's still other things we need to worry about. So anyway, I hope you enjoy this interview with Natalie. Uh, she is pretty awesome and I really enjoyed uh, having a conversation with her. So uh, enjoy it and send me a text. Again, my phone number is 
And if you are driving or something, you don't have time to check it out. Uh, it is in the show notes at jethrojones.com slash podcast. So I hope that you will check that out. And thanks so much. See you in a bit. Well, Natalie, where are you at? I'm in Los Angeles. Oh, all right. You guys have had some pretty strict quarantine stuff going. That's intense. It is. It's feeling a little intense. Um, hence why I pushed the button and said, all right, I'll, I'm just going to reach out to any and all resources that seem open. And so a um, big appreciation to you for your time. Yeah, no problem. I'm happy to do it. I, uh, I know that it can be scary just trying to figure things out on your own. So, so I'm happy to be able to, to help a little bit. So we've got 45 minutes scheduled for this. If you need more time, we can just schedule another time. Um, does that work for you? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, tell me about your school and your position and, and all that stuff. What do you, what do you got going on? It's pretty complex. I actually work for UCLA. I'm a okay. support provider. Well, mostly I'm a trainer and in those trainings, uh, the work is around coaching and so there can be uh, teachers and administrators across the board in the seminars. One of my wonderings is how to stay connected with them beyond the Google group that I have with them as they mm -hmm. uh, leave the seminar um, and how these particular challenges, that might be a support, but it may be also missing some things. The other work I do is with a small team at UCLA of other trainers and professional developers, we go out into the school sites and uh, work with school teams. So that's kind of it in a nutshell. Okay, cool. And are you traveling beyond the greater Los Angeles area, like countrywide or just California? Mostly just California. Um, we do have some groups in Northern California. It's mostly countywide, but then a few of these groups outside of the county. All right. So you mentioned staying connected beyond the Google group. When you say that, do you mean that after they're done going through your uh, curriculum, for lack of a better word, staying in touch after that? Is that what you mean? Yeah, exactly. Okay. okay. And so how long are they with you in that group? Uh, for the training, it's an eight-day seminar, typically. In person? Yes. Okay. So you just had to cancel all those, right? Well, that's another issue is how to negotiate and manage some of those because we're all we do contract work mm -hmm. we're not i'm a, while ucla pays me i'm i'm not academics and the academic departments i am in a professional development center that's housed in the graduate school of education that provides contract work to school districts who want this kind of work or individuals who seek out this particular training. Fascinating. <laughs> it, it's, it's a lot to negotiate and manage, knowing there's a lot to negotiate and manage at a school site. This just kind of creates a few more factors. Yeah. So for the time being, um, I imagine uh, the eight-day seminar that would have been happening this week has been canceled, right? Uh, yeah. Anything current... We didn't have anything. I don't, my next seminar isn't until April to finish up day seven. There's so eight days, day seven and eight. And then we have an upcoming startup in May that we have to make some decisions around. So I'm wondering about 
it's complex. It's, it's mm-hmm. actually really complex because the authorizer for the work authorizer for the work will not allow any online virtual learning. So one of the challenges I'm wondering about is, you know, how to navigate the line of, I'm not authorized to do any virtual teaching in this particular curriculum or content, and yet I still want to maintain some contact. Um, I also want to be a resource to people uh, out there about all the decisions they're having to make about this mm-hmm. on, these online platforms. In addition to, my husband has been working diligently the last several days because he's a science teacher in middle school trying to do his online mm-hmm. stuff. And then I have a middle schooler and a high schooler at home now trying to navigate what their teachers are. <laughs> and it's just it's just a lot of stuff going on. And I I'm just wondering what your experiences are and what you might be able to offer, knowing that all of that I kind of am trying to hover above all these just all the options that are floating around right now that mm-hmm. everybody's at a rapid pace trying to pull stuff together. Is that making sense? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, and you're not alone here. Like everybody's going through those same, those same issues. So like, as far as experience in dealing with a pandemic, I don't have a lot of experience in that specifically. <laughs> no, really? <laughs> I thought you yeah. would. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, I didn't, you know, set up these calls. I didn't, I hope nobody thinks that I do have any experience with that specifically, no. but, <laughs> but what I am good at is challenging the status quo and trying to figure out ways to, to work throughout the system in a way that makes sense. Yeah. So specifically talking about your authorizer and your PD, there are certain things that you do with your clients. Is it appropriate to use that language? Absolutely okay. appropriate. So there are certain things that you do with your clients that are the curriculum, Right. Yes. And there are certain things that you do with them that are not the curriculum. Is yes. that fair to say? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's both. For me, not every trainer that does this particular work in curriculum might feel that way, but I I do. Mhm. So the way that I see it is if you if you see yourself as an agent of the authorizer and you just go out and do exactly what that person says and that's it then that's one way to approach it over here. If, however, you see yourself as a servant or a leader or a support for these people, that's a different way to look at it. So if they come and do the seminar that you are authorized to teach, and that's the only contact you have with them, both of those approaches can definitely work. My challenge to you, Natalie, would be to say, how can I set this up so that I build a relationship with these people outside of those eight days of the authorized work, because then you become a benefit to their life and not just a training that they attend. That's right. So, so based on that, which of those camps do you fall into in your past practice? Yeah, that, that's really, really helpful to frame it that way for me, because the challenge is so, it's just, I feel like I float in the middle all the time between maybe even getting my hand slapped and being that servant. Oh, you can, you're, it got to stay in this box mm-hmm. and wanting to service people beyond that eight days in that set curriculum. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I know there's deep value in this set curriculum. It's just very unfortunate that the authorizer has, I mean, it, it, it's, it's service marked. 
Yeah. So that's not, I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. And I'm sure that the curriculum is great. Otherwise, I don't think UCLA would be standing behind it like they are. Right. And so, so it's, it's fine that, that that exists and that relationship exists. But the question comes down to how do you see yourself and how do you want to portray yourself in that environment? And, and so in the past, you say that you've been bouncing between those two realms of being a provider and being a servant of the people that you are working with. Where is your heart telling you to be, Natalie? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What a cool coaching question. <laughs> um, yeah, my heart really extends be, to people. It's about mm-hmm. the people. And yet at the same time, I can go back and make, you know, be clear that my heart is really about the work. So it's Mm -hmm. both the people and the work. Okay. So it's important to recognize that because for some people, it is just the work Mm -hmm. and the people they work with are a cog in a machine and they're just getting people through this curriculum. And I'm not saying that that's a bad way to do it. You Mm -hmm. just need to know where you fall. So for me, personally, it can never be just about the work and the people are cogs because I am a people person and that's who I am first and foremost. So for you to be able to recognize where you fall along that continuum, and I do think it's a continuum, mm-hmm. and, and you saying I'm in the middle, sometimes I'm all about, let's get this work done. Sometimes I'm all about, I want to serve these people. I think it's appropriate to recognize where you're at there Because that's going to determine a lot of your next steps, right? And so for you to be a support for these people in this time of COVID-19, what does that look like? If you are just about the curriculum that you're authorized to teach, it looks like you bring in some COVID-19 resources, but that's pretty much it. But if you're being a servant to the people that you're working with and you are trying to give them the best of everything that you possibly can, you're going to react a lot differently. So that doesn't mean that you're going to like blow off the curriculum that you're supposed to be teaching, but that you're going to find ways to do things a little bit differently to serve those people the way that you really want to. Mm. So let me ask this question another way. Are you a contractor who does the work of the authorizer or are you an entrepreneur who has a business and one of the things you do is that you provide the training that the authorizer has to provide. Mm. Where do you see yourself on those two? Yeah. Yeah. I, as much as I think I'd like to say I'm more entrepreneurial, that's where I feel like I'm, I get a little stuck and deaf. I know I definitely am a consultant. So I also, not only do I work for UCLA, I also have a business license as a consultant and on that level, I'm kind of like in the gig um, mm-hmm. world, kind of hustling to find people who value this kind of work and offer these services mm-hmm. or other schools that might have school improvement grant money and are looking for um, support. Mm-hmm. So I'm really good at holding in the middle, somewhere between the entrepreneur and the I think you said consult or contractor? Contractor, yeah. Contractor. Yeah, I'm not a contractor. I'm a service provider. I'm a coach. 
I, you know, somewhere in that realm, but not quite the entrepreneur that, I don't know, maybe I, I have a vision for, but don't know how to enact. I, I'm not sure mm-hmm. yet. Okay. So maybe, let me see if I'm understanding you correctly. So what I'm hearing is that you are a coach and consultant who serves schools. And the way that you do that right now is by using a very specific curriculum and and working in conjunction with UCLA to provide very specific services. Is that a pretty fair summary? Yeah, for for a good majority of the time. Some of the time I'm utilizing the things I'm teaching in the school sites. Okay. So then occasionally you get other contracts with schools or districts that have some school improvement money to spend and they use that on you to help you do similar work, but not exactly the authorizer's work that you do through UCLA, right? Right, right. Like general professional development. Okay. So in thinking about those two, you have to recognize that you have a a business that you're trying to continue going and and a lot of that is funded by the UCLA stuff. But there's also this other thing that you're doing on your own that that isn't impacted by UCLA. And so to me, it sounds like you need to treat all of your clients, even the UCLA clients, how you would treat your other clients in that you don't get through UCLA. Does that make sense to you? Yes. So what does that look like to you as it relates to the situation that we're talking about? Mm. This is so cool. <laughs> These are all the questions <laughs> that I get to ask other people, but somebody's asking them of me. <laughs> it's a little different when you have to answer them, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is a really mind-blowing question. But I know I've asked that. What does this look like for you? Um, what does this look like for me? I don't know. It just feels like it's it's somewhere floating up there, but I, I, I haven't found what the concrete, the concrete pieces yet are. I, I'm not quite mm. sure what it looks and sounds like other than just things that I know are intu- more intuitive for me to listen to people, to help them create the paths to where they want to be and what their, who their identity is. But I don't, I don't really have anybody that helps me get there. Mm-hmm. That's why I can't answer your question. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So let me ask this from another perspective then. What? So your life is on shutdown right now mm-hmm. and everybody's stuck at home and it's stressful and everybody's all been out of shape. What are the things that you are most disappointed about having to cancel? And what are, what are the things that you're trying to find a way to make it so you don't have to cancel them? Mm, that's a brilliant question too. <laughs> Um, I'm most disappointed. I'm really disappointed that I'm not going to this UCLA management class, like to be a learner about managing people as they frame it, managing at UCLA, which to me, I would, it may not happen in my career tenure. I've been at UCLA for 15 years, but it'd be really nice if they found another word for that. But anyway, I'm, um, I know that below that word is something of value that they're that the um, campus human resources is trying to teach these people in this course about mm-hmm. working with people. So I'm really mi- disappointed. I'm going to miss that class this week. 
So that's the learner in me and just kind of connecting with other people. I'm disappointed that some members of my small team aren't going to be able to meet in person to work out plans, upcoming plans. I'm really disappointed that I may not make it to my next training. I don't know. That's a question that's really having me think a little bit more, but those are a few things that come up. So thinking about the next training that you are giving, are the people that you're giving that training to going to feel the same about missing your training as you feel about missing the managing class? Oh, well, I have some feedback on that because Thursday and Friday I was doing a training. Thursday I had 13 people out of 28 Mm -hmm. and Friday I had six and they were people who said, I didn't want to miss the last day Mm -hmm. or emailing me and saying, I'm so sorry. I have emergency meetings I have to go to and I won't make it. And yeah, they were disappointed. Mm -hmm. So if they're disappointed like that, you're doing something to show them that it's worthwhile and valuable that they, that they want to be there. And so as with any class or seminar, I'm sure there's people who are like, Woohoo, we don't have to go. That's great. <laughs> and and that may or may not be a reflection on you. But when you talked about the UCLA management training, you spoke about that and I could feel how you would think that what they're doing is really great, even so much that you think they need to come up with a better name because it's more than just managing people, right? <laughs> And so, so I think with, with the work that you do with, with your clients, being able to find a way to give them that same kind of feeling that what you do is so much more than the title or the name is really valuable and important. And if you can find a way to deliver that extra level of service that it sounds like you want to give, I, I feel like that's, that's the thing that you've got to the, the question that you've got to answer, what do I need to do to make it so that people feel that way about the trainings that I'm giving? And so does that mean that, that you're just delivering the content your authorizer says, or are you doing something above and beyond that to make that content even more impactful, even more of a service to those people? What does that look like? I don't know the answer to that, but you might have some ideas that you're floating around. Why don't you say those out loud? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really, well, first I want to say that it's so validating to just have somebody, you know, like we, like I teach mirroring back. Here's, here's who you are. Here's what's important to you. This is what's in your heart. This is how you know that this is valuable and important work that you're doing. That that's just, that's a gift. And that's the gift I always want to give. And so I know that my intentions are really good. I work in a really, this kind of an aside, but connected because I work in Los Angeles, hugely diverse community, and I can be the only white person in the room. And I'm the trainer and I hold the position of status and power. And I can still have people give me hugs at the end and say thank you and you got me. Mm-hmm. That is really great feedback. So I do know that I'm providing something that's that's about me. It's not about the content as 
such just the content. I know I'm doing something with the content that allows people to feel like it wasn't just, I mean, there are outliers. There are Mm -hmm. people who say, I just lost you on day two, whatever. Um, (laughs) We always have this, but I, I guess I'm, hmm, I'm not sure on the detail, like the um, strategies to put into really defined, clear action, all my good intentions. Other than this Google group, I have this Google group of a couple hundred people so far, and I send out quarterly little announcements and can a handful of people kind of respond back. And that can be kind of maybe a little disillusioning, like, but the people are busy. I don't know what else I can do beyond that. So I think this, the strategies is, is actually the easy part of this. What you weren't clear when we were talking at first, you, it was clear because you scheduled the call and you wanted someone to help you work through this. What wasn't clear was how you're going to differentiate yourself from just being a content provider and being instead a service provider, as you said before. Service provider doesn't just mean that you show up and teach something. It means that you're actually serving those people. Mm-hmm. And so you want to find those people who respond to what you're doing in a positive way and want to be to be around you and to experience what you're offering them. Those are the people that you want to be serving. And so I think the first thing that I would do is I'd find those people who responded to your posts and your Google group, and I would send them a message and say, hey, what do you need right now in whatever you're dealing with? What's something that would be beneficial to you? And offering a small piece of yourself would be a very clear way to say, this is how I'm trying to serve you. And and they're the ones that you want to associate with anyway, because they already like you and trust you and want to be part of what you're doing, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. so they're, they're kind of the low-hanging fruit yep. that that's there ready for you to, to pounce on that. Mm-hmm. And then as far as the the different strategies, I'm sure that you and I could come up with a list of many different things that you could do. But I don't know if that would be as effective as you thinking about a couple of those people right now. Think about some of those people. And from what you know of them already, what do they need right now that you could just provide them and know that it would be beneficial? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I know who I know who a couple of those people are, and yeah, they had to email me and say of the district at the district level. Others had to postpone or um, couldn't come on Thursday and Friday. So I know exactly now people that I can make a more personal connection with mm-hmm. um, regarding whatever their decisions are with this COVID nineteen. And yeah, mm-hmm. definitely hadn't thought about them. It also made me think of, I'm just writing down a couple of uh, districts and charters that I've been working with. Yeah, I get, I get that. It's the people, it's what we say, go to those people who you know can be coached, that want to be coached. Mm-hmm. Don't go to the people who aren't ready to do that. It, it makes total sense. I just hadn't really put exactly together, like, here's my opportunity now for where people might have some need to reach out to them directly. Yeah. 
So if you if you can think of those people and what service you could offer them, they they would likely jump on it and be very grateful to have it, right? And mm-hmm. and so with your husband being a science teacher in a middle school, you can think about the things that he's struggling with also and offer those as resources to those teachers. And so there's there's two things real quick that'll be immediate value for those people so that they can say, man, Natalie really cares about me as a person and as an educator, and she's there to help me through this stuff. And so the next time they have a question or a concern, hopefully they'll want to come to you and get some more support from that. So the other thing that I was thinking as you were talking about these, these seminars in person, what kinds of things could you do in between the days that they come to you? So eight days over the course of a year, I'm assuming, is that right? Yeah, it could vary, but typically, yeah, six to eight months. Okay. So what could you do between that time Mm -hmm. to, and I'm sure that there's already things they're supposed to be doing that are part of the curriculum, but how can you serve them in a way that's unique to Natalie that that's not taking away from the training that you're authorized to do and all that, but is, but is serving them above and beyond. What are some ideas that you have for how you can do that between the sessions that you're meeting with them with? Yeah. Something I've kind of thought about and hmm, I guess I haven't really like put in place a um, clear procedure for that. It's really, really important thing you're having me think about too. That because we typically do two days and then a space of time. And in that time, there's like extended learning opportunities or AKA homework. So Mm -hmm. reminders about homework, um, but be really, I think the the key here is to do it. (laughs) I know that's important, but to, I don't know. And I don't know if the format is email or I usually don't do the Google group invite until the end of the seminar. So maybe there's another platform or maybe it's just email. That's how we typically communicate about Mm -hmm. the other logistics. So it's just another logistical piece to add in, in between each of those times. So reminders. How can you do reminders in a Natalie way? Yeah. Not in a teacher way, but in a Natalie way. What's your unique gift that you can add to those reminders that makes them want to do it because you're asking in your way that nobody else can ask? It's another one of those long, pausey kind of questions like, what is Natalie's way? I don't know. I mean, that take, that's going to take some time to think. What, what is it? Or for, you know, what? a takeaway question of what are the things that people are that over the time, I mean, it's a, it's a really grateful opportunity I have to have eight days with people. Cause you just start to get to know them yeah. that I have to really think, what is it that a lot of people gravitate to about my way? And I'm not sure yet. Yeah. That's the question I would write down. Yeah. What is Natalie's way of reminding? Because when you find that, then you're going to be able to connect with them on a level that's different than any other trainer that they've had. So for example, there's this awesome presenter named Trisha Skiles. Their name? I think so. Anyway, I know her name is Trisha. <laughs> and she she was the best professional developer that I've ever that I've ever seen. And 
she was so good at relating and building a relationship early on. And then she did this little thing that was uniquely her that I'd never seen anybody else do before. And she gave everybody her cell phone number at the very beginning and said, here's my cell phone number. Guess what? Sometimes it's awkward to raise your hand in front of a bunch of your peers and say, I have a question. And so I want you to be able to ask that question. But if you raise your hand or you have to put it on a sticky and walk up to the wall of shame, aka the parking lot, and asks and put it there, then everybody's going to know that it's you and you're not going to do it. So you all have your phones. You're all going to be texting family, friends, work, your schools, whatever's going on. So here's my number. Put it in there right now and then be prepared to send me a text. And then when you have a question, you just send me a text and throughout the day, I'll answer your questions. We got the best questions ever from that meeting because everybody knew it was safe to text her. She said, I don't have your phone numbers in my phone, so I have no idea who you are. It, you could be a teacher, you could be a principal, you could be the superintendent for crying out loud. It doesn't matter because I have this way that I communicate with you that makes you feel safe and able to do what I'm asking you to do. So with that experience, we had the best training that we've ever had because the right questions came out. And those who are usually the blowhards, the know-it-alls, all those people didn't have a monopoly on the questions that they got to ask. And she was able to say, here's a really good question of somebody who's really trying to figure out how this will actually work. This is important and we should take the time to discuss it. So that was her way of doing it. That may not be you and that's fine, but there's something in you that other people will connect with and say, this is why I love Natalie. And what I would suggest to figure that out is to ask those same people, what is it that makes me a good trainer? Or to ask your small team, what is it that I do really well? And it's really uncomfortable to ask that, Natalie, because you're basically asking for a compliment. But what is it that sets me apart from others? And you can say, my coach said that I need to ask this question and it's really uncomfortable for me to ask, but he said I have to ask it. And, and then they can tell you that way. And then you won't feel quite as bad, possibly, <laughs> just trying to seek yeah, for I got it. So. Yeah, I'm with you. That's awesome. Yep. It, it's an interesting uh, example, too, about the texting, because that really sets such a, a safe and just a safe way for people to, to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Hmm. Okay, so we've been through a lot here so far. Yeah. And we're just about out of time. Yep. What has been most useful to you today? That you are an amazing listener, that you asked me at the heart of the conversation, uh, the heart of me, Um, you went right to identity, right to what I value and believe in it. It's a place where I know hits something because I can feel it. Like it's a, it's a visceral feeling of like somebody else can um, be that for me. And I have some takeaways to, to take all those things I got to verbalize that are the heart of me and find some ways to put them into action. Like I, I don't get this opportunity at all. So I'm, yeah. I'm just super grateful that I got this, just this little bit of chance. Thank you. <laughs> you are very welcome. I also do not get the opportunity to do this very often as well. And so I created these principal masterminds where I work with other school leaders to do this kind of thing, because so often we're the ones who are expected to coach everybody. And 
we don't get that ourselves. And so I created this opportunity for people to be able to do that in a safe environment, much like this Zoom call that we're in right now. And it just really goes a long way to to help people because we all need it. No matter how good we are, how high we are in an organization, we need somebody else to ask us those questions and to help us figure those things out. So I'm honored that I was able to help you out a little bit with this. I did record this meeting, and so I will send you a copy of it. And would you be comfortable if I shared parts or all of it on my podcast as well? Oh, yeah. You're welcome to say no. Okay. <laughs> so. um, yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Okay. And I'll let you listen to it again first, just to make sure okay. that you are comfortable with that. I like to record it so that you can hear it again, because there are things that you thought about that you didn't write down on your notes mm-hmm. that you, that we moved on beyond that. And maybe going through it again will help refresh those in your mind and remind you of things that after you've had some time to think about it, you can come up with a better answer for yourself. So I'll send you a copy of it so that you have it as well. Um, And then is there anything else that I can do for you today? Wow. You've done a lot. You've really, you've done a lot. I just want to say thank you again. You are very welcome. So when we finish, I'm going to send you a text so that you have my cell phone number. If you need to chat again or you have more questions, you are more than welcome to uh, reach out that way. That's a little more intimate than uh, an email. All right. All right. Okay. Thanks so much, Natalie. It's been great chatting with you. Yeah, you too. Thank you. Take care. Be well. Be healthy. Thank you. Same (laughs) to you. Okay, thanks. All right. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers' time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE.